We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it's the guys in the garage, and we are talking about the Browns' big victory over the Dallas Cowboys, sitting at 3-1 and one on the season, and we don't really even know what to do with ourselves. The Browns have a chance to go 4-1. and one. We will also break down their upcoming game with the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, we hate to bring things down, but we, we're going to have to talk about the Indians and, and an eight-game playoff losing streak. We'll get into all that. We'll get into our garage beers, and we'll do so much more. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Garage Beers podcast. Find the show online on Twitter at the Garage Beers. Same thing on Instagram, and you can also look for the Garage Beers podcast on Facebook. Give it a follow and uh, give us some interactions. Tell us what you want to see, suggest some beers, and so much more. Just have some fun with us. With you, as always, I am your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike on both Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and uh, as always, my boys here in the garage, getting ready to talk <laughs> stuff, celebrating some brownies. Uh, let's, yeah. let's throw it out to the east side. Find him on Twitter at Garage Beers Chad. Same thing on Instagram. It's Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Uh, nothing, guys. Two things. Uh, on a serious note, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, oh just goodness. you know, just found that out yesterday. I, it's uh, you know, I I'm not one to typically get uh, broken up about celebrity deaths, but there's just a couple of that would happen that would just hit me differently. And you know, one the first was Robin Williams, and now Eddie Van Halen was was this one um from my music i mean i was basically raised on van halen so it's uh it's real sad day for me today so i will be drinking in honor of eddie van halen all right so a tribute to eddie van halen what's yeah. the other thing oh hey, the other thing is things. congratulations to the uh to that to the guy i can't remember his name but it's like dog face on tiktok the one with the skateboarding and the and the drinking the ocean spray yeah. with mac yeah, congratulations, pal. You know, Ocean Spray got to him before Ellen and Shutterfly could, and uh, they got him a new they got him a new truck and like a lifetime supply of Ocean Spray. Uh, like, I don't know. For Does just... everything online have to be called a challenge? No, they're calling no. that they're calling that a challenge, and I'm like, it's not a challenge. You just film yourself doing things while Fleetwood Mac plays in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, challenge accepted. Turned, I can even do that one. It's already turned into something stupid. Like there was some guy with like a, a pumpkin head on top of his head that was like that pouring was really, Starbucks. That made me laugh. That made me laugh. Did that really make you laugh? Hard. Yeah, right. really hard. I mean, I understand. <laughs> well, I understand it's, it's dumb. It dumped a yeah. pumpkin spice latte and it just splattered all over. It was uh, that one made me laugh. But uh, but yeah. yeah, I understand Mick Fleetwood doing the uh, doing the parody. But it's just it just makes me think like what can we do, like it just that's just something as simple as that and just go viral, <laughs> like like right. I don't know. The dude just had a vibe. Like he was just. <laughs> it was just like everyone like related to that. I don't know why, but like. Yeah, I literally have never done what he was doing. No, he was just longboarding <laughs> with a bottle of cranberry juice. <laughs> that's it. He's like my he's you know, like my truck dream of mine for years. His truck broke down and he's like, I got a longboard in the back and I got this ocean spray. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, work. I'll be in a little later. <laughs> I, I've got to be hydrated. Video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to so, get my nutrients. Yeah. There we go. There we right. go. I'll be up and at them. I'm done with that. Chad coming in with some serious thoughts and then that one. Uh, and bringing in our other man down in Nashville, Tennessee. Find him on Twitter at Garage Beers. Joe, it's Joey Whalen. What's going on, Joe? Have you guys ever frothed or disc golfed or thrown the frisbees oh we have frisbee golf. call it yeah yes yeah, right. it's so yeah. great i just started right. playing oh dude i'm like joe, three games in i just listen, got my disc what if, if 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 you don't know joe's a little younger it's fun to watch you go through the phases of becoming less athletic in your life and it just <laughs> like you're at the disc golf phase and that's close to the end my man it is it is it is but you know i'm still playing softball so pretty i got i got a cannon out in left field um you do okay. literally how many literally. outfield assists how many outfield assists do you have oh it's softball so zero <laughs> but i've well i have held about like three runners uh, <laughs> that's progress that is progress it is progress i, I was bummed we had a bye week this week but i've been playing disc golf and uh what an incredible what an incredible covid uh sport to play sport it, just wait wait because you're coming up to the point where softball starts getting hard oh, what's next wait what's the next that's one after disc golf is that it i'm just saying it's just probably strictly golf after that just like strictly golf yeah, yeah. Dude, i'm much better at throwing a frisbee. <laughs> I'm gonna guess they have the same flight pattern: your golf ball and the frisbee. Well, oh, the best God. part about the frisbee is that it'll slice, but then it comes back. The golf ball yeah. slices oh. and then doesn't come back. Well, oof, man, uh, I, I made that mistake one time. We we have a froth course here near near the lake in Menor, and man, oh man, we just bought a set and we were like, yeah, let's let's go out and let's play, dude. That first the the driver. I sailed it right out into the lake, <laughs> like, like right off the cliff into the lake. It was a pretty course. It was right along the lake, but yeah. I just, I sliced the driver way the hell out there. Like, Isn't there a video? There's like, a, there's like a viral, like it's maybe like a TikTok or it was uh, like a vine of, it's a couple guys playing like Frisbee golf and the one guy winds up and throws it like onto a highway and the guy's just like, damn it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, I know that video you're talking about. It's funny. Damn it, Chad. Oh god, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So I had to use the pitching wedge the rest of the way because I lost like the three wood into the lake too. Like I lost like <laughs> the first like four discs into the lake. And I just I was like, well, these two fly straight and they're very short. So I'll just take uh I'll just take triple bogeys on every hole. Yeah, I feel like we're getting a weird Chad humble brag here, like, uh 
just threw them too far. I was too good at it. They just kept winding up in the lake. Oh, they went far, but far out into the lake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Joe uh, is slowly progressing into uh, sports oblivion or athletic oblivion. Uh, You're close. Once you get into Frisbee golf, the end is near, my man. (laughs) If you think of anything in between that and the end, um, let me know so I can not pick that up for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, right, I'm, just so happy, some... I, I'm, I'm just happy I've avoided the, 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 the beer gut and like flat ass look right now <laughs> as you get older. I mean, I haven't. Hit I'm, that sorry. Yet. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Flat ass, flat ass and beer gut. I don't want that look. I want to be fit for as I'm long living. as I can. Mike. I'm living that dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living that dream. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. All right, so we got some fun to go over, but obviously before we get into everything, we got to talk about what's going to contribute to the flat-ass beer gut look for Chad, and those are garage beers of the week. So, Chad, why don't you start us off? What's your garage beer of the week this week? Right. Uh, Well, it comes out of Chicago, Illinois. Mm. Uh, Half Acre Brewing Company, Half Acre Beer Company. Uh, It's called Volo. Check it out. Volo. Yeah, called Zolo. It's a uh, Midwestern grist wheat beer. Grist? 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 Grist. 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 Midwestern grist wheat beer. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never had a grist wheat beer before, but here goes the first sip, fellas. Let's see how it goes. Drum roll. Not too bad. Not too bad. It has a slight fruity flavor to it. Uh, but I, I, the full disclosure, I had a pumpkin beer before this, so the flavor's probably masked. So, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's a uh, pretty tasty though. I, it's, I, I like it, but nice and well balanced, nice body right. to it. Yeah. All right, so Chad's balanced over there. Joe, what is your garage beer of the week this week? Not balanced. Uh, I haven't tried this yet, <laughs> so we'll, we'll do a live reaction, but it's called, it's from, uh, Crosstown Brewing Company in Memphis. It's called the Dog Days pink lemonade shandy and i cracked this open and poured it out and smelled it before while we were setting up and it was just like rancid like it was just like it's (laughs) straight sour smelling and i hate no hate sours um so here we go it's yeah you know it kind of looks like a i I like shandies like well that's a lie i like line and kugel summer shandies that's probably about it um uh yeah it's got a nice little lemonade color but here we go it kind of looks like a ipa right like a cloudy ipa oh it's delicious i knew (laughs) it i knew it i I smelled that thing and i was instantly like this is gonna be awful and you know well it does taste like clorox a little bit but it's it's like (laughs) you know it's like shandy clorox i I like a little clorox yeah yeah. a little clorox taste you get covid i think you know what you found you know what you found what I find? You found the Fritos of beer. Oh. You know when you open the Fritos bag and it smells like somebody just farted right in your face? Yeah. <laughs> but then you eat the Fritos because they're delicious? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you just found. That's exactly you just what found I found. Fritos I, of beer. I'm still smelling it. I don't, it's just, oh, it smells awful. Oh, it smells like, it. I, it smells like stale, like floor beer. But, oh, no. <laughs> With a little Clorox. That's where they got the Clorox from. Like you wake up after the college party and your like feet are sticking beneath the beer pong table yes. type beer. Yes, oh. that, that beer. <laughs> but it tastes good. Uh, yeah. yeah, it tastes good. It's it's quite lemony. Um, 
very light. Uh, it doesn't taste sour. You know, this would probably be a great beer to transition you into sours, I would guess. Because I feel like it's kind of like on that border. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was expecting a bad review here and uh, it's good. Not going to happen. All right. So we got Chicago. We got Chicago represented. We got Memphis represented. And I'm going to re- represent the uh, the Philadelphia area with mine. Oh, I have got uh, out of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, in the Philly area, I've got Konshaken, Konshaken Brewing Company, because they got to wow, make weird names that are difficult over there. That, all that say, sounds pretentious. Call say, it, that yeah, five, right? say that five times fast. Say it Konshaken, 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 Konshaken. <laughs> I think I got it. Uh, I think you did. And this beer is called The Nightmare on East Elm Street, Pumpkin Ale. And I am guessing that East Elm Street is like a street out there. That, sure. that name makes I think sense. That's from a scary movie, isn't it? Well, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, but yeah. this is Nightmare on East Elm Street. East Elm Street. Oh. So well, that movie was when Mike and I were real, real little. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's great. It's a pumpkin. It's a pumpkin ale, and it's it's really nice because you know me, basic bitch, right now. Uh, it is the fall. I'm drinking pumpkin beers. What was that movie? What was the movie? The scary movie you guys watched as a kid that like just gave you nightmares all the time? I can tell you what it was. Um, what was it? Oh my God. I don't remember the name of the movie right off the top of my head, but it was with Christopher Reeves. Uh-huh. And it was like these little kids, like this whole town, all the women in the town got like pregnant at the same time. <laughs> and they gave birth to like demon babies. Oh God. Oh my God. And I, and I still remember a scene, Kirstie Alley was in it and Christopher Reeves and their eyes would like, they all had like white hair and they're the little kids and their eyes would light up. And I still remember the one scene where, like, when their eyes lit up, they could make – they, like, took over you and could make you do things. <laughs> so I still remember one scene where, like, they made, like – I think it was Kirstie Alley – like, slowly lower her hand into a pot of boiling water. Oh, God. Oh, geez. And then, like, they make another woman just jump off a cliff. Like, oh, I'm going to find wow. out the name of the movie. While you guys talk about yours, I'm going to figure out the name of the movie. Joe, what was yours? I, I don't think it's, like, that interesting of a story, but um... – Exorcism of Emily Rose was kind of like pretty. I watched that like a little too young. And like, I actually just rewatched it this past year and we Ah. got really drunk for it. It was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How was I scared of this? I think I watched that back when I was like 10 or something. And, Ah. you know, I think we should start that from from now until Halloween. I think every week on the podcast, we should do like a quick, we got drunk and watched this old scary movie review. And we all do this. This one was called Village of the Damned. Village of yes. the Damned. Yes. Okay. okay. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Where's I have I have my I have my perfect well, I can't wait to share my get drunk and we watch this uh, scary movie story. Uh, but mine was Jaws. <laughs> That's because I spent it, I mean it, it wasn't it's like a super scary movie, but I <laughs> when I was a kid, we spent a lot of time on our like friends' boats, like family friends' boats. So like I would have this reoccurring nightmare every time that Jaws was like chasing me around the docks and like these, these, the the, the floorboards on the docks were always popping up. And right before Jaws was about to eat me is when I would wake up. And like, I was just, I was just running, kept running, trying to get away from him. And so yeah, Jaws, Jaws was mine. And then Nightmare on Elm Street was definitely one of them because how could you not be scared as a little kid of a guy that haunts you in your dreams? Like he's not even physically there. He haunts you in your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I think right? that, that was the, uh, that one, I had a good, I have a good one about a scary movie. One of my favorite scary movies was The Ring. 
Oh yeah, wow. I thought that was a, I thought that was just a cool movie. I thought it was it's it was scary, but I remember the first time I saw it, it freaked me out, and I was I was <laughs> in maybe high school I guess at that time. Okay. Uh, and I my room was like the not my bedroom, but like I always hung out in the basement. Yeah. And at night it would get real dark. Obviously, it's the basement, and right. I had to go somewhere. And I was downstairs in the basement playing like whatever video game system I had at the time. And I turned everything off, went upstairs, turned the lights off, all that. I come back around the corner to leave the house and I notice in the basement that there's a light. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I go downstairs and the TV, honest to God, the TV is the fuzz. Oh, oh no. So oh, it's no. the fuzz. And like, that was what like the movie from the ring, that was like the video. That's how yeah. it started. And I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's weird. So I turn it off and I turn around to go upstairs and all of a sudden there's a voice in the room oh. and it's a deep voice and it's like laughing. It's like, ha, 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 ha. and I, as like a high school kid, yeah. sprinted out of the house. Jesus. Like, I uh, forgot that there was a candy bowl on the table in the basement and it was one of those motion <laughs> sensor bowls. So like it made a noise when it sensed you near it. And I swear to God, I thought that girl was like crawling out of the TV. Oh my God. Oh my to God. come make my face look weird and kill me. You get, oh, the, the phone rings and you're like, fuck this. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. moving. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think that might become a segment. Uh, I think we need to all be drunk and watch a scary movie uh, before next week's episode. But uh, oh, I already know. I already know mine. <laughs> like, we're gonna, I can't wait to tell. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. We're going to have to talk about it. So, uh, Enough of scary movies, although we, we can dive more into scary movies as we go. But let's, let's talk about something fun. Let's yeah. talk about something exciting. Let's talk yeah. about something that, frankly, to quote the great and brilliant Will Ferrell from Talladega Nights, makes me feel like I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Because your <laughs> Cleveland Browns are 3-1 and one on the season. And they yes. marched down to Dallas. We can talk about how that game ended. But for the most part, laid an absolute ass whooping on the Dallas Cowboys. And right. all of a sudden, here's this team that we all remember our our preseason episode when we played the uh, we played the schedule game with Cameron Justice. All four of us picked the Browns to go eleven and five. Then week one happened. Yeah. And they got shellacked yeah. by the Ravens. <laughs> and we were all yeah. like, oh my God, they're gonna be six and ten again. And here right. we are, three weeks after that, and your Cleveland Browns are three and one, and looking like they are getting better every week. Boys, how much fun was that game on Sunday? Oh my God! Listen, you, you know, uh, if it, and before that game, I was thinking, if the Browns are going to get into a shootout and we don't make the Cowboys play our game, we are in trouble. But for the love of God. <laughs> we won. We won a shootout. Like, uh, who would have thought? That, was, that wasn't supposed to happen. We scored forty nine points. Uh, we, uh, that wasn't supposed to happen. We were, that's, this game was supposed to be in the twenties, and we still won. We got into, We played Dallas's game, and we still won, guys. And I love it. And you know what the thing is? We did it while running our, our offense. We didn't have to throw the ball fifty, sixty times. 
You know, we, we did it while running the football, uh, be, having a, a, a modest passing game, and we came out, we scored 49 points. <laughs> P.S. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I don't I don't badmouth a lot of, uh, like, reporters or media members or whatever. Everybody's their own thing, and if I don't like them, I just don't read it. But the one I don't care about is Tony Grossi. I will badmouth that dude forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you see the tweet that he put out that was like, the, the Browns scored 49 points. It's their first time they've scored this many points since like 1991. And this, and it's always got to be like crazy negative, negative with him. So he was like, this embarrassment of a franchise since they've been back, haven't been able. Uh, and then he just got blasted online because, yeah, the Browns have scored. They've scored more than that. They scored, yeah. they scored over 50 in a game with the Bengals that year in 2007. They, I was at a game right. where they beat Arizona like 51 to nothing. Uh, right. Like, right. uh, what, what, what do we, we got to do this? Like, uh, let's, let's talk for a minute. I want to talk about the fun, but let's talk for a minute about it's the same thing we talked about when they beat the Bengals. It's the same sure. thing we talked about when they beat the Washington football team. And now here sure. it is with the Cowboys again. Can we just be super pumped that we want, like, have just won three yeah. football games in a row? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Why? Oh, yeah. But the comeback, ugh, can you believe they let them almost come all the way? Don't care. It's a win in the win column. And, Check. and you know what? And you know what? I mean, in, in all of professional sports, it, it, teams are going to go on runs. Uh, okay. Like you're not very, very rarely. I mean, unless the team is, I mean, it's absolutely horrible. You're not going to, you're not going to hold a team down, especially a team whose offense is as lethal as Dallas. You knew Dallas was going to get into the end zone eventually in that second half. That score, that, that, that Browns defense was not going to hold them to 14 points or 21 points. Right. They were going to get in the end zone. It was just a matter of weathering the storm, and they did. And, God, I, I mean, the fact that the Browns had, like, when they needed a score the most, they got it out of OBJ's reverse 50-yard touchdown run. Oof. When they needed it, when they needed a stop, when they needed a turnover, they, Denzel Ward comes up with a big interception. That shit, the, that, that Browns teams of the past, it never would have happened. And it's no. happening with this team. And it's happening with this team. This team, like that game is starting to turn a major qu- – that that game, for me, showed that these, these Browns, this Browns is starting to turn a major corner when they're making plays like that. So, yeah, why, why – you just can't be pumped. Like, what the hell? Well, here's the other thing, right? Week one was rough. And we, we – they did not play well, first of all. And I, I tried to not be Mr. Excuse Man for it, but, like, that's another new coach. It's another new system. You didn't have a preseason. So to think they were just going to come out in week one and just, like, have it all down after not having any live action with it was probably a little naive. Sure. But, like, here we are four weeks into the season, and you can start to see, especially offensively, you can see things clicking with this team. And yep. the best part about this is they are looking better every single week. Yeah. Every week they're looking better. Now, listen, like the Colts, you're not scoring 49 points against the Colts. That's a good defense. Right. Uh, they're a good team. But, like, for, for the first time, it's like, yeah, but we're a really good offense. So, right. good luck it's, to them. It's the most efficient offense in the NFL. It's the number one. Like, that's not me, like, speculating. Like the statistics are showing we are the most efficient offense in the NFL right now. And that's my, and that's minus the beating we took by the Ravens in week one. So 
yeah, just just get excited because this team is improving week by week. I mean, for for the love of God. Oh, I'm ex- I like listen. Here's the other thing, right? So this game, that game was so. Can we just talk for a minute about yeah. about the balance? I, I'm, I'm also a little a tired. If you want, I'm I'm a little tired of like I'm a little tired of like again. They need to run the ball. Like they need to be balanced. They need to yeah. pass and run, and they need to do it well. And they are. And like the plays that they were making, like how good was Baker on third down? Like. Yeah. Baker to Landry on third down was just like, well, it's third and eight. Cool. Baker to Landry. Right. First down. It's third and right. seven. Cool. Baker to Landry. First down. And everybody, that's the other thing. Everybody is contributing. Austin right. Hooper's out there making plays. Harrison Bryant's out there making plays. I love the, I love the offensive look when you've got both tight ends in and you've got Jarvis and Odell out there. Like uh-huh. everybody's making plays. And right. Of course, we got to talk about the, the worst thing that happened in that game, which is obviously Nick Chubb going down. Right. And that's a right. bummer. And like, it's a big time bummer. There is no replacing Nick Chubb. Like, there's no, Nick Chubb is special. He mm-hmm. is potentially, you could start putting him in, in best running back in the NFL conversations. Sure. But, but when Nick Chubb goes down and you have a team that's built the way this one is, and you can be sad that Nick Chubb went down, but also not devastated for the football team because, oh, by the way, here's this guy named Kareem Hunt, who, you know, is also one of the best running backs in the NFL. Like, what a, former, what a crazy a former rushing champion. <laughs> how crazy is that? How crazy yeah. is that? Right. Right. I, 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 the, this, is the Minis- this is the Minnesota offense from the last few years with, with – I mean, arguably better playmakers. Yeah, definitely better <laughs> around it. Uh, with arguably better playmakers around it. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just so well balanced. Uh, the, I mean, this offensive line is the best run blocking offensive line in the NFL. There's just so much to be excited about about this team. I mean, I wrote this down. You know, it, it's courtesy of Dan Murphy, who's the Cleveland Browns PR guys. <laughs> this team. Is first in the NFL in rushing yards, 818. First in the NFL of yards per carry, 5.9. Rushing touchdowns, eight. And defensively, for I mean, again, the the defense, we can get to it. It is what it is. We're gonna have to deal with it unless we, right now, you know, unless we make a trade to improve our secondary sometime, you know, within the rest of the and you know, and who knows? Maybe you know, if we're I don't know six and two halfway through, maybe he will make a trade. But, you know, we're first in takeaways with 10, first in forced fumbles with seven, first in points off turnovers with 45, and first in turnover margin at plus six. We have a good football team, and Cleveland Browns fans do not know how to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They don't. They just want to complain about it. Right. Right. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing I was seeing online. During the comeback, right, during the Cowboys – Comeback, which you knew they were going to do. If you, if you thought for one hot second that the Browns were going to go in and win like 55 to 14, knew. You yeah. knew the whole time Dallas had a run in them. Mm-hmm. And certainly it was helped out by a little bit of, not a little bit, I think a lot of just kind of taking the foot off the gas. But like, yeah. da- here comes Dallas on the comeback, and here comes just the freaking inevitable panic. Oh, where's Miles Garrett? And I'm like, 
have you watched this game? Like, Miles Garrett is right up there in discussions for defensive player. Like, it, 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 right now, he would be one of the top considerations for defensive player of the year. The yeah, dude three is, sacks. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. three sacks, Five another sacks strip sack. Yeah, another strip sack, three strip sacks on the season, uh, yeah. all of which have been recovered by the Browns, by the way. Like, yeah. just like when the team is – going through a struggle in a game or whatnot, like it's okay to just be like, oh, I wish they would turn this around. But like to be like, where's Miles Garrett now? We pay, he's overpaid. We overpaid. Like when you're running a prevent defense, you're not getting sacks because wide receivers get open really fast. His job is to rush the passer. If people are going into this expecting him to make like linebacker type tackles, like has supposed to have like a, you know, 90 tackles on the year with like idiot, like you're, you're looking at the wrong position. <laughs> okay. Like you're right. thinking at the wrong position. If, if Miles has, you know, 50 tackles at the end of the year, that's a good, that's a great season as far as tackle numbers goes with. Let's see. He's with, on pace with, for 20 sacks. Yeah. He, Miles is his job, his job. The thing that he's getting paid all that money for is to sack the quarterback. And he had three of them last. He's doing his job. He's earning his money. He's good. Okay. Guys, they just look so good. Like, it, it, I understand. They, they've got, they look like they have areas to improve. Again, you talked about the secondary. The secondary's banged up. I think you got people out there making plays. Uh, uh, Harrison got out there and made some plays. Um, I think the, I personally, I think the linebacking core is what needs the most help. Because yeah. you just don't have that sideline-to-sideline side guy out there. Like, Mac Wilson can make some plays. Taki Taki has not looked good. Uh, no. Jacob Phillips came in and looked pretty good in the game. Yeah, uh, not too bad. But, like, you don't have that playmaker at linebacker. So, if you could go find somebody like that, of course. But, like, they just – it's like – guys, it's like for, like, the maybe the second or third time since 1999, they look like they're playing the same sport as everybody else. Right. Right, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it's know. gotta be great for team culture too. I feel like with this win, probably one or other two more wins like this, you're really gonna get the team to buy into what they're trying to do as a coaching staff, what kind of system they're trying to run, and that's where teams can get dangerous. Is when they finally start to discover their identity, they know what to stick to, they know what they're good at, they know what they need to improve upon, and unlike past Brown seasons where it's like, okay, here's 1000 things to approve upon. I feel like it's like a pretty, uh, pretty small list uh, this time around. Yeah. And, and, and the fun thing is, and that's a good point, Joe, the fun thing is the things to improve upon aren't like the most important, like it's like, we've got a lot of good stuff and then a couple things to improve upon. Whereas in the past, it's been like, okay, areas to improve all of it. Everywhere. <laughs> Every and now it's like thing. it's like okay coaching good like kevin stefanski has been awesome fantastic he's right. been awesome and this is the most pre- this is the most prepared i think i've ever seen i've seen a browns team in a long time yes that oh, pass <laughs> to obj that baker's touchdown pass obj where it was like first and goal and yep. i was like they're gonna run up the middle like this is what we do we run it up the middle we do it four times, 
and then we turn the ball over on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the Browns play. And right. it's so much so the Browns play that that's exactly what the Cowboys saw were going to happen. And Baker right. did play action and threw it to OBJ on the slam for just a super easy touchdown. Like literally pulled their entire team. Yeah, and listen, and that, that's been a little bit of a learning thing because earlier in the year they um, they had a little tr- trouble at the goal line a little earlier in the year, and they mm-hmm. were they were um, they were they ran nothing to surprise the other team. They were easy to guess what plays were coming. They ran it on running downs and they passed it on passing downs, and that typically does not work at the goal line. Right, but like to come out at first and second down and make that throw catches the defense off, especially when you're a team, and that's the best part. When you're a team that is just so good at running the ball, you're running for like 300 yards in games, uh, that the other team has no – when you have Odell out there, the other team has no chance. Yeah. No chance on first or second right. down goal. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, love, mm-hmm. I love the way the play calling is looking. I love the way – I love the way Baker Mayfield is playing. Uh, right. I think he's going to have big games. I think to to act like he's going to transition into just like a career like game manager, I don't think is correct. I think there are going to be games where you need him to make plays with his arm. And I think think finally this team is off to a start that gives him a little confidence that I have faith in Baker to make plays with his arm. Yeah. And he will make plays with his arm. Yeah. I I think he's capable, but I I also think that's going to be the telling sign as to whether he can make the next step at all, whether he's going to be able to convince this city and this franchise that he is the good quarterback to take them to a Super Bowl is, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, the running game is really nice. The running game is really good, but there is going to come games where he's going to, it's going to be put on Baker's shoulders to win it. And it's when that, when that, when those games come, I think that's going to be the, the, the telltale sign. I don't know when it's going to come. I mean, it might come next week because, you know, the Colts have a really good defense, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, but I, yeah, that's just my opinion on that. So, and, and let's talk about that now. So the Browns come off, uh, they're riding a three-game winning streak. How, P.S. for one second before we go into this next thing. Uh-huh. How absolutely atrocious is the NFC East? Oh, Terrible. God. Oh, Terrible. my God. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because, like, I would honestly put that Cowboys offense as, like, maybe a top five offense in the oh, league. Oh, sure. Like, it is yeah. incredible. Sure. Their defense blows. Terrible, terrible. Like they're they're lucky they have the one win versus Atlanta. Honestly, oh it yeah, bodes, it, it bodes well for my fantasy team because uh, Dak is my starting quarterback. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I had CD Lamb playing last week, and I was like, oh my god, nice <laughs> touchdown. Not this enough to take bad. the lead, but you know. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, I mean, we're at least going to go. Uh, what are we three and one now? I mean, we're at least going to go five and eleven because we still have to play the Eagles and the fucking Giants. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a. Cr- the, the Eagles Jets. are in first place. I know. They're one, two, and one. <laughs> and they're in first place in that division. So terrible. Oh, my so goodness. <laughs> like, there's some surprise teams. There's some surprise teams for me. Uh, and maybe, you know, now that we've, we've got four games in, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, maybe let's throw it around a little bit before we get into this, this week's Browns game. Um, but maybe let's talk about some surprise teams uh, for you guys and, and what teams are surprising you. I'll start. Because I do have a surprise team. I think that the Arizona Cardinals are a major surprise to me uh, because they started so well and they are not, I mean, lose, they, they do not look good right now. Uh, yeah. 
I really thought that team had a real shot in a, in in one of the best divisions. I thought they had a shot to be like a competitor in that division. Uh, yeah. I don't really think that anymore. That's I mean, it's too super surprising for me. I thought they were well on their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray had a first a good first you know two games. Uh, you thought he was well on his way. I mean, I think he's still going to have a, a, a pretty decent year, but they still look like they're a, a couple of players, especially defensively away. Uh, from May taking that next step, but um, you know, staying in that division, how freaking awesome is Russell Wilson? <laughs> I mean, oh I know we gosh. talked about it in the preview. But dear God, uh, you know, I think my surprise team, I would have to say, I would have to say Atlanta. I would have to say Atlanta. Uh, hey. You know, starting out starting out zero and four. I, I mean, yeah, that's another that's another team, kind of like in the Dallas mold. It's just defensively they're atrocious, but that offense is good enough to you know to put up points uh, in droves every single game. And you know the fact that they just they they can't seem to make a stop when they need to is embarrassing. I mean I'm I can't believe Dan Quinn is becoming almost like the new Marvin Lewis. Like how he still has a job, I have no idea. No, but uh, no clue. yeah, but yeah, that's that's that we my surprise team right now is the Falcons. I was going to say the Saints, but I'm actually going to say the Packers. Um, because there's um, – I know they haven't had, like, the toughest strength of schedule, but there's no reason they should be playing like they're playing right Like, they have no business playing as well <laughs> as they're playing right now. They drafted quarterback first round, backup running back second round, who is not even playing right now. Well, he's playing a couple snaps, I think. But um, Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe they were just – Everybody's playing checkers. There's the Packers playing chess, right? Draft that quarterback first round and watch what Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally true. I mean, but he's thrown to, I mean, Devontae Adams has been out for two weeks. He's thrown to guys off the street um, and still po- he threw to, uh, what was that tight end? Tanyan or something like that? Tanyan. Tanyan. Who's that guy? <laughs> that, guy was, that guy was mopping up the concourse like, hey, you catch the ball? There you you're go. tall. Hey, you're tall. You're tall? Yeah. Let's go. He's a guy I hope is on my squad tomorrow as my waiver wire. <laughs> yeah, everybody picked him up. Tomorrow. <laughs> he'll have th- he'll have three more catches for the season, but yeah, yeah. that one game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's but, uh, Aaron Rodgers would disagree with you there, Joe. Remember I I saw the quote by him as saying he goes, uh, "Down years for me are career years for other quarterbacks." <laughs> Right. Yeah, oh my God, I love like, Rogers. You can't really disagree with them. I mean, he, right. he he might be one of the few people that can say that. Right, right. Well, I don't know if it's a surprise team, but the Browns kick off their slate with the AFC South or most of the AFC South if yeah. Tennessee doesn't get their stuff together. Uh, <laughs> they kick off their they kick off their slate with the NFC or the AFC South this upcoming week with a really, really good football team. The Indianapolis Colts come in at 3-1. and one. Uh, It's going to be a humongous game. The Browns are allowed to double up the number of fans that they've had in, in previous yeah. weeks. So uh, it's been a little bit of the talk, especially on the TV broadcasts, of how loud 6,000 people have been in that stadium. Well, now they're mm-hmm. going to double it, so the stadium should be rocking pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know, As much as you'd love to see 60,000. Well, I don't know that I'd love to see that right now, but... Uh, I would love for COVID to not exist and we could have 60,000 people in that stadium. 
enjoying a three and one team uh, in the Browns. But the Colts come in, the Colts come in as a one and a half point favorite, uh, which I thought was a little surprising. Uh, but they're playing really well, and uh, this, this should be a this should be just a like a, a knock them down, drag them out. Uh, and, and again, this might be one of those games that I talked about before, a game that Baker Mayfield's probably going to need to make some plays. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I think know. this is – go, go on. I was going to say, I, I kind of think a little opposite. I don't think this one's going to be close. I think uh, it's going to be like 28-13 Browns. I think that this is such a juicy matchup for our defense and our secondary versus Phillip Rivers. That guy is a turnover machine. If he's having a bad game, if you're getting to him, if you have someone like Miles Garrett rushing that throw, hurrying the quarterback. Uh, and I think that they're going to be doing a lot of play action, throwing the ball um, as opposed to running this next week. Yeah. Philip, no rubbers rivers is uh... <laughs> what, uh, what he's going to be, he's going to, Soon enough, he's going to be able to have a seven-on-seven drill like in the offseason. He's going to be able to run seven-on-seven and not even get to training camp. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, he's – you know, the thing is he is a turnover machine. You know what? He's also good, like, uh, along that same line. He also always seems to be good for just a crucial pick at, at, at just at, at, oh, at the just most inopportune yeah. time. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think this game's going to be a little bit of a measuring stick, not because I think the Colts are going to put up a ton of points, but because of that defense, you know, I think that defense is tough. Uh, you know, I think that defense is going to test this Browns offensive line. Um, by the way, I mean, why Teller is my second favorite Brown now. I don't know if you saw that quote, oh my but, gosh. um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think this is going to be, yeah, sort of a, a, a chance for a statement game for the Browns. You know, yeah, it's tough to win in the NFL, and yeah, you, you know, the three wins have been nice, but this is a, a, a much better football team you will be facing this Sunday. So, yeah, I, I think it's a chance for a real statement game for the Browns. I don't know if I would say the Colts are better than the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I think I think the Colts are – It's a, it's a weird, here's the weird thing that I'm going to say. I think they're a more well-rounded team than the Cowboys. Yeah. But on a lower level than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have okay. much more elite talent. Uh, I think offensively, the Cowboys are significantly better. But I'm also going to say, don't sleep on this. Listen, I know Phillip Rivers can be a turnover machine, but like this team is averaging over 25 points per game. Uh, They they have been pretty good offensively. Phillip Rivers, yeah, four touchdowns to three interceptions, uh, but he's not been a crazy turnover machine at this point. He's only been sacked three times on the season. Uh, Mm -hmm. So again. And they've got some good young players. So I don't think, you know, I think uh, the, the test offensively last week was much harder against the Cowboys. Or I should say defensively was much harder against the Cowboys offense. Right. But this is still a good offense. And frankly, uh, again, the Browns defense, they've got to create uh, the way that they're playing. If they do not sack the quarterback or turn the ball over, Basically, the other team winds up scoring. Like, I don't even know what the stat is. I would love to look that up. I should have looked that up. Teams don't punt very much against the Browns. There have not no. been a lot of punts against the Browns. They've turned the ball over a lot against the Browns, uh, mm-hmm. but they've also scored a lot. So, right. uh, 
that'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting uh, matchup. I think, again, like I said, I think the Colts are a little bit more balanced, a little bit right. more well-rounded, uh, but I also think it's on a little bit of a lower level. I just don't think, you know, I think the Browns are coming off this high. Anytime you go, I, I don't care what anybody says, anytime you go into Dallas and you beat the Cowboys, that's a good win. Uh, oh. So, you know, hopefully the Browns can ride the high because that's, again, we're talking about the differences in, in, in how the Browns look now versus how they've looked in the past. Mm-hmm. One of the things of the a statement of the Browns of the past was go get a big win somewhere. Even if the sure. game didn't even matter, even if the Browns were bad, they'd get a big win somewhere. And then the next week was just an automatic, like you could play, the Browns could be playing Rocky River High School and lose that next week because they'd never win after a big win. So uh, yeah, that'll be a good measuring stick too. But again, I think Phillip Rivers, I think uh, uh, Stewart, and they still have T.Y. Hilton. And uh, it's still a lot of good players on that offense for Indiana and Indianapolis. And I think the other thing is, it's time to start seeing some growth out of that defense. Yeah. And sure. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that win over Dallas and the fact that defensively they did play pretty well, most of that game until they kind of went prevent. Uh, maybe that's the sign of, again, just being four weeks in everybody getting used to the system. Uh, but it's, it's, you're going to have to see some growth out of that defense because this Indianapolis Colts team can put up some points and they've got a good defense. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I guess I wasn't really taking the offense into account because, you know, it's not as high-powered as Dallas. But, yeah, sure, the, I mean, the, the Colts can definitely put up some points. They do have some weapons. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, it, you know, looks like the running back of the future there. Uh, I, I call him Stewart. Yeah, Taylor. That's that's the Stewart? right name. That's the Jonathan right name. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Stewart, who, yeah. and D'Angelo Williams. Yes. On the, <laughs> yeah, he came back. He, he yeah. now weighs 472 pounds. <laughs> no offense, Jonathan no. Stewart. You probably don't, but but yeah, I mean, I think one of the keys on the other side of the the ball is for this Browns defense is getting pressure because the Colts, uh, it's one of the best offensive lines in the league. I mean, yeah. for as good as the Browns offensive line has been playing, uh, you know, you you're gonna have to deal with that. I mean, luckily, um, oh, what's his name? That guard for the Colts that's escaping. That's just a Quentin Nelson. Yeah, luckily, if you're Miles Garrett, like you're not gonna have to deal with him. But you're going to uh, – the rest of that offensive line is formidable. So, yeah, it, it's – I think – I agree with you, Mike, that you're – it's time to see some growth out of this defense. And, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a chance for a, a statement game, a step-up game here uh, against a more well-rounded opponent. That's for sure, yeah. Well, it should be – it should be a good battle. Joe uh, doesn't think it's going to be all that close. What would you say, 28 to 13, something like that? Yeah. So that's your prediction. Uh, uh, again, and I think I think Baker's going to have to make some plays in this one. I think defensively, yeah. Indianapolis is a good team. And while the Browns should still be able to run the ball because they should be able to run the ball against everybody, uh, I think Baker's going to have to make some plays. They are getting back. Um, they are getting back a an offensive weapon, at least. Uh, David Njoku is coming back uh, and rejoining the team this week. And... I'm going to tell you something. There's a part of me, and I think this is so right up their alley, that while I hate to see either Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham go off the field, there's a part of me that's really excited about packages that feature three tight ends in Njoku and Hooper and Bryant, and then one of Odell or Jarvis and Kareem Hunt. Because 
That is a very difficult situation to defend because you've got three outs, like, I don't want to call, you got one just rock solid tight end. You've got a really good young tight end. Uh, and then you've got Njoku who can basically play as a wide receiver, essentially. Uh, and you don't know whether they're going to run or block because if you run the ball with those guys and that's three good blockers that are out there, uh, and then like, I, there's part of me that would be excited to see all three of those guys. And I think we will see all three of those guys in there at the same time. And it'd be interesting to see how any team is able to defend that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had another kind of thought about it. Um, just because I think that's where your position of strength is, is your tight ends. And I mean, that's a conversation for way down the line. I don't think it's a conversation for right now, but you know, it, it, if you are going to make a trade in, in this offseason, or in that offseason, uh, during this season, uh, if you want to try to improve that secondary uh, or the linebacking crew, one of the two, I, I think one of those tight ends, I think Njoku's the odd man out, but I think you have a chance to showcase him uh, to, to be able to make a trade in the middle of the season. But that again, that's a conversation from down the line. Uh, I, I think that, yeah. I think that Njoku is, is definitely a weapon, especially in the red zone. Baker obviously clearly looks for him. You know, oh, the yeah. last couple of years, he's been looking for him in the red zone. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 he's all three of those guys. They're, they're, that's, that's the thing about this offense, this Browns offense. It, it doesn't matter what skill position it is. There's guys there that you have to pay attention to at each skill position. So you're just it, – it's impossible for defenses to, to really plan for it. But just because, you know, if you concentrate, you roll coverage towards Odell, you got to worry about Jarvis. You roll coverage towards Hooper, you got to worry about Harrison freaking Bryant, who's looking <laughs> like a steal of the draft, or David Njoku. So, uh, you know, and then and then you have, you know, well, I mean, obviously Chubb in a few weeks, but, you know, you have Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, looking like a, a, a solid backup <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> over the next right. few weeks. So I, I just, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Where hey, I'm listen. So Joe's got it. Browns 28, Colts 13. Chad, what do you got for a prediction this week? I will say Browns. I mean, Browns are definitely going to win. Come on, 4-1. Here we go. Uh, Browns 31. Colts 24. Man, all right. Yeah, and I think this uh, – I think this could be – Browns 28, Colts 21 is my feel for this one. And, uh, man, you, you just – you hope that, you know, again, you just have this sense that uh, things are clicking, the, 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 the systems are clicking. Uh, hopefully defense starts to click a little bit better this week. And, uh, and man, the Browns win this game against a good 3-1 and Colts team. And – all of a sudden, these conversations start becoming very real about what the potential is for this Browns team because there are still, on this schedule, there are still plenty of very, very winnable games, especially against yeah. teams that maybe you thought were going to look a little bit better than they do and they don't look so good. And again, not to be out here saying they're going to win every game, but you still got games against the Bengals. You still got games against the Raiders, who don't look great. The, the Texans are 0-4. That's a team that when we started and we did our preview, we kind of looked at the schedule going, oh, the Texans, yeah, pretty good, 0-4. Yeah. 
Uh, not I, not I. Yeah. <laughs> I've been off that Texans train. I had them third or fourth in the division too. That's true. Joe did. Uh, the Eagles look terrible. The Jaguars are terrible. We don't even know what the Titans are or what they're going to look like when they come back. The Giants are terrible. The Jets are terrible. Mm-hmm. You're talking about looking and playing that schedule game going, uh, we already have three wins, and I'm just looking at six or seven more on that schedule right there. Yeah, your, your biggest worry with the Giants and Jets is that turf. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, the big, yeah. that's the biggest worry. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, you know, it's a big I, – I feel like this is a big, big game. I feel like this one against the Colts is almost – just like the Cowboys was, you could kind of count that as like a, uh, like a trendsetter for for the season. I think this one against the Colts is the same way. You get a win against a good Colts team, and who knows where this season could take us? Yeah, yeah, and it's a four twenty five game too. Like, who doesn't I, love uh, that? Who doesn't love four twenty five? Who doesn't love that? I, uh, you know, I, I I would rather just. I like my Cleveland teams under the radar. Don't move them to primetime, okay? Just stick them with the one o'clock games. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Except for Thursday night. Except yeah, for th- yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah. night, the Browns always play well on Thursday night. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I don't either, but I like it. Uh, all right, so let's get off the Browns and let's talk about something we haven't really talked about uh, very much because we maybe don't want to. It hurts our feelings. It makes us sad, uh, but. Uh, the playoffs in baseball are rolling on, and guys, it didn't even feel like the Indians were in it. Nope, sure didn't. Yep. <laughs> the Indians get steamrolled in game one against the Yankees, and then game two, they played their butts off. Right. And nothing, and nothing out of it. And the pitching for like the third year in a row – the thing that's supposed to carry us in the playoffs, the minute they get to the playoffs, both the starters, and I, I don't mean to say anything bad about Shane Bieber. He's outstanding. He's the clear, obvious Cy Young Award winner this year. Yeah. But Bieber was horrible in yeah. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrasco was good for like three innings, but then he collapsed. The yep. bullpen was, a, was atrocious in the playoffs. Yeah. All of them yeah. gave up runs. Guys, what is going on? Why does this keep happening to the Cleveland Indians? Why do they get to the postseason and just absolute – that's eight straight postseason losses now. Eight straight losses. That means they have not – they've been basically swept out uh, or almost three straight – or well, not even three straight years. They didn't even make it last year. But three straight playoff appearances, they've basically been swept out. What is going on? <sighs> Is this why it's hard to get excited for the Indians? I mean, I mean, sure. It's 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 really nice to to be in the playoffs every year. Like I, like I said in a previous episode, I would much rather be in the playoffs and be in the division title hunt than suck. But it's but it's just it's almost anticlimactic because you just have so many questions when you go into the playoffs that it's kind of hard to just to just be pumped, right? Like, a, like, like for, for instance, the thing, yeah, like you said, the thing I was supposed to carry him, the pitching, okay, didn't show up in, in either of those games, okay? But the hitting actually showed up in game two. But then when they took a one-run lead in the ninth, you were going, yeah, one, one run isn't going to do it. <laughs> one run isn't going to do it. Like, I, I, was, I certainly wasn't confident 
we're going into that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's why it's hard. It's, it's very hard being an Indians fan, right? These days. Well, and it's, it is, it's very hard. It's, you know, if you'd have told me the Indians were going to score three runs in a Shane Bieber start, I'd have been like, sweet, that's a win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So even they didn't, they didn't play well offensively game one. You still three runs in a Bieber start usually is pretty good. Uh, right. But to go nine runs and then to blow it, to, to take the lead off of Chapman and then to just blow it like it was nothing, like it didn't even exist. Right. Uh, I don't know, but, but – it's, it's going to start wearing thin. And, and I love, and Joe, you know, I know you look like you had something there, but it, I love Terry Francona. I love Sandy Alomar. I think we are blessed with good coaches and good front offices in with the Indians. But, like, at what point does it start going, okay, this can't keep happening. Like, enough is enough. Like, if, you, if we, we're getting to the point – where you need to go, where we, we play this game every year in Cleveland. All you got to do is make it. All you got to do is make it, and you can just get hot. It doesn't right. work. Right. It doesn't well, work. We just got to stop drawing the Yankees in the first round, I think. <laughs> I mean, no joke. They're, that team is an incredibly veteran team, and they are phenomenal in postseason for the most part. And their offense, which is their biggest strength, beat our biggest strength. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. Their pitching was fine. Our hitting was fine, but their offense destroyed our pitching. Uh, so I think it's kind of a unfortunate look at the draw. I don't think we match up well with them. Kind of like we don't match up very well with the twins. Um, we, I don't know. But at the same time, Joe, like if you're going to, if you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to beat the Yankees. If you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to beat the Yankees or you're going to have to beat the Twins or you're going to have to beat whoever. You're going to have to beat the good teams to win a championship. Like, that just is what it is. You don't get to the playoffs and play bad teams. You're not going to run into the, I don't know, Mariners or the Royals in the playoffs. So the fact that they just, outside of the one game, the fact that they're just so non-competitive, that, that's the hard right. thing. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Yankees. The Yankees, the Yankees were not even that good of a team this year. And I know they've played okay and the, they've played well in the playoffs and they've been hitting the ball well, but like they weren't even all that good of a team this year. So I, I, I just, it's, it's frustrating. And here's the other frustration. And here's why Chad, a little bit of going back to what you were talking about before, why it's hard to get excited. You want to, you want to know why it's really hard to get excited? because here we go trouncing into another off season. Right. And nothing is going to happen to make the team better. Nope. They nope. are going They're to, just... even if they keep Lindor, even if they did keep Lindor, like for his last year, they don't trade him. Even if they keep him for his last year, they are not going to do anything to make this team better. And they are still going to trot out there with fill in the, you know, fill in the gap players in left field and right field. And even though I like Naylor, so I won't even say that about him. I actually think he's a good ball player, but they are not, you know, they're not going to do anything. If anybody's holding their breath to get like a notification that the Indians made some kind of splash, it is not going to happen. And so it's, it feels like, I feel like when I get told, like, you know, the definition of insanity, 
I feel like the Indians are insane. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Right. That's what they do. Well, these guys, we got, and it, you'll hear it all off season. We got to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wasn't good enough. Nope. So I, that's, nope. to me, that's another reason. I, I know everybody, everybody goes back. It's like this easy fallback to say, well, hey, listen, it is what it is. The Indians aren't going to spend the money. The Indians aren't going to do this or aren't going to do that. That doesn't suck any less. Right. It doesn't suck any less. If you can't afford to run a team in a competitive manner, then what are we doing? Then what I, are we I doing? I disagree with that. I think that uh, – I think I'm on the side of at least you made the playoffs. Obviously, you want a championship, but, like, good Lord, how greedy can you get with it? I mean, like, there's such – it's such a hard thing to do. There's so many tight windows. There's such rare to even have repeat champions. I think that I would rather have a season where I feel good about the team for 90% of the time than to be out of it within the first month of the season. That's not the argument, though. That's not the argument. That's not my point. That's anybody's making this point that I'm making is not saying that. That isn't the argument. Well, they're not making the point clear enough. It's not, do I want a good team or a bad team? It's, you are on the precipice. You are knocking at the door of being a really, really good team, and you do nothing to make it better. And so to act like we're just going to come back and be better next year than we were this year, no, we're not. We're going to come back. We're not. We're not going to be better. You make no moves to get better. Where are they going to get better? How? Who's going to met? Is like, is uh, Delino DeShields all of a sudden going to hit 300 next year? No. Is is Tyler Naquin all of a sudden going to transform into a 310 hitter that hits 30 doubles? He's probably going to get traded. None of it's going to happen. That's that's the thing for me. The thing that kills me is you are so close. You are so close to being an actual competitor and you're going to do nothing and then you're going to sell us on the fact that, oh, we were competitive last year and we all you got to do is make the playoffs. It doesn't work. You've lost eight straight games in the playoffs. You keep, just keep getting your ass kicked right out of the playoffs and you, you wear it like you won a championship. The Indians right. wear a playoff berth like they want to – they will walk around – this offseason, talking about how awesome it is that they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's not good enough. A banner? It isn't good enough. <laughs> like the Predators. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, you know, I knew that was going to come, but I, I felt like I had to steer it that way. You go into, you go into Bridgestone Arena. 2018 <laughs> six seed. NHL playoffs. <laughs> but no, uh, point, I, I believe Joe. that banner says uh, Western Conference champions. Oh, does it? Okay. But, you yes. know, going off of, you, going off of your uh, point there, Joe, it, it's uh, all it's going to be, you know, because you said Naquin getting traded, all, all next year is going to be is just another year closer to Shane Beaver going towards arbitration. Uh, but you this know, is it's, what it's, they do. It, They're it going is, to it, offload. Like, like Tyler Naquin is a perfect Lonnie Chisenhall example. It's an experiment that has been, like, fine, but it hasn't worked out ultimately. They're going to trade him. They're probably going to trade eh, – I think they probably will trade Lindor. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think they trade maybe – I don't know. Santana? I don't know. But, I think they're going to offload. 
But that's, that's the thing is, if you're if you're not in this business to win, what what are you in it for? Well, I mean, I, I I'm not saying I, it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's just what they do. I know, I know, and that's it's it's just so frustrating. Very it's just so frustrating because it's just there's 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 they're gonna do nothing to just get over that hump to be able to get over that hump. They're just gonna pray that they catch lightning in a bottle with some stop gaps in in whatever their holes are and and just hope that their minor league guys develop into i don't know i don't know My, michael brantley uh, again or just they're, they're they're gonna hope and pray that that happens and it's just it's not a good way to go about it in my opinion listen and i get it I, joe joe i agree with you do i do i want him to go back do i want him to go back to a team that wins 72 games a year no of course not like, that's not fun. There's nothing fun about that. But what's, what's frustrating, again, what's frustrating is that we can't do anything to get better. We're not going to be able to sign anybody. We're not going to be able to spend any money. We're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do that. So we've done all this work to get to right where we kind of want to be. <laughs> and then we're just going to stop. It's like, it's yeah. like, you I have mean, to go. their game plan is to stay competitive with their farm system. And that's just what they, I mean, that's just what they do. I get it. It's just not working. It isn't working. <laughs> it isn't working. Like, again, and we give them a pass. We give them a pass for 20. Like, we're like, yeah, but they were in the World Series in 2016. Guess what they did? They lost. They didn't win. You haven't won. You haven't won anything. You didn't win anything. It's, it's the same thing. I love that Indians team of the 90s. And I'm not jaded about it because it was such a good time. But, like, we, when we talk about that team of the 90s, we, like, glory. Oh, my God, that Indians team of the 90s. Hey, remember what they won? Yeah, nothing. Think- they didn't win anything. <laughs> and that's what this team is turning into. This, this glorious run since the early 2010s. It's, they are on a longer success run now than they were in the 90s. But what have they won? Nothing. And what are they going to do about it? Nothing. And it's right. frustrating. And you want them to just – and, again, I, people will point and be like, well, well, that year they brought in Edwin Encarnacion. I, okay, that's fine. They went for it. It didn't work. But as a fan, I can live with that a little easier because they went for it. They were like, you know what? This year we've got a thing built. We're going to try to make this thing get better. And they went for it. And as a fan, I can live with that. What I, what I struggle with is, yeah, I'm not worried about it. We'll just, we'll just try to be better. We'll just try to be better next year. <laughs> okay. It's like yeah. pa- trying to pass your driver's test and you need like whatever percent you need to pass it, like 70%. You go take the test and you get like a 69 and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to study a little bit for this. I, I'll probably just get it next time. <laughs> no, that's not yeah. how that works. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> and that's, again, uh, it's, it's not overly jaded. Uh, I, do I love where the Indians are at? Of course. Do I love the fact that they're competitive every year? Of course. And then we get to watch players like Ramirez and Bieber and Lindor. And, and again, I like Naylor and I, I, there's a lot of fun players. Of course, I would rather have that than nonsense, but it still doesn't mean that that's not frustrating. And it still doesn't mean that as a fan, it's not like, it, it doesn't just pull at you. It pulls at me. You cannot be this bad in the playoffs and think you're just going to be better the next year. <laughs> Chad, why don't, you, why don't you sum it up? Uh. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's, 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 like, uh, that's pretty much it. 
but like you get to like middle of the fifth inning of game one, and that's just that sums up your Indians playoff, your, your Indians year. It's just ugh. Well, and listen, and and then the other uh right, the other uh is here go the Yankees just steamrolling through people, and here come the flipping Astros, just rising like the goddamned phoenix out of the ashes. Don't pump your fist, Chad, you cheating bastard. <laughs> rising like a phoenix out what of the ashes. What a series that's going to be. Oh I will. God. That will be the first time I ever root for the New York Yankees. The Indians and the A's guys. are the same goddamn team, aren't they? Oh, yeah. The same team. Oh, cool. The Indians. It's like, oh, you know, other teams around the league are like, ooh, the Indians made the playoffs. Ooh, that's you good guys for are them. Adorable. You guys ooh, are the adorable. A's, A's had a good season this year. Good for them. We're going to smoke them out of the playoffs, but I oh, good you, for them. Good for I them. What? I think, I think it's going to be. It's going to be a heavyweight World Series. It's going to be the Dodgers. It's going to be the Yankees. The Dodgers Ooh. are going to win it in five. Listen, Whoa. that would be – it would be fun. It's just also obnoxious. <laughs> I want to see – I like the Dodgers. I like Mookie Betts. I, like I was really – I, like, I like Cody Bellinger. Once the Indians spent seven seconds in the playoffs and then were swiftly removed – Man, okay. I, I I was I became the biggest Miami Marlins fan. Listen, oh god! Nah, by the way, bitches. awesome. No, 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 no. By the way, <laughs> by the way, haven't lost a playoff series. I know they're on their way to ever. But haven't lost a playoff series ever. How That's crazy is that? How That's crazy pretty wild. Is that? No, I don't uh, like that. Where uh, Acuna just absolutely pimped a home run. This goes back to our discussion a couple weeks ago. He pimped an oppo home run and then, you know, walked pretty much to first base and chucked his bat. And then they started throwing at him the rest of the game. It's just like, why? Like, such a bitch move. It's such a, it's just like, ah. What, th- throwing at him? Throwing yes. At him? Yes. Yeah. Oh, did you know had a great response on Twitter? Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I course. did see that. I did. Yeah. Because He's Bauer's like, the same way. Probably Bauer... just get him out if you don't want him to flip his bat on you. When did you Bauer... see Acuna? Did you see Acuna's post? Yeah. He goes, I apologize to absolutely nobody. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Quoting uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, but Bauer's yeah. the same way. When Bauer makes big strikeouts, he's out there celebrating, strutting. He's doing the Conor McGregor walk. Like, yeah. the, that dude is the most fun. He's out there just I having a good time. so much. And when somebody smashes a home run off of him, he doesn't – he's not – and they bat flip or whatever, he just plays the game. And he's like, sweet, good home run. And I love how he's like, you don't want him to do that? Don't serve up a meatball. But, like, yeah, uh, we might have gotten a little ahead of ourselves here. Uh, uh, With what? The Rays are up 8-2 to two on the Yankees. Today. I was just about to say that. I just saw 8-2. to two. We got a little ahead of ourselves on the Yankees because they're about to take a 2-1 to one lead in that series. But there, I but there's a discussion, see, though. I just really want to see Yankees-Astros. Because I think I think that the Yankees might actually lose uh, the series just because all their pitchers will be suspended by the end of the series. Well, the A's got to win today. We're recording on Wednesday. The A's got to win, so they stayed alive, but they're still down two to one. The Rays are about to take a two to one lead in that series, and uh, the other one is the Padres. Like I, I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. I'm with you. I think the Dodgers. I can be fun. I don't mind watching the Dodgers, but like. Imagine a Padres Braves NLCS. That would be the fun one. That'd be that fun. would be the fun series. That'd be a you lot of fun. Out on that field. 
I love you got Fernando Tatis hitting home runs and literally walking down the first baseline the whole way. Like <laughs> him and Acuna could just do that back to back. Like <laughs> who can have the longer trot? Okay, now going back to the Rays, though, same damn situation as the Indians. What is it? Just better scouting? Like they just they perform in the playoffs? Like what? Like what? What is that? No, I don't no, think Rays- so. I think it's just they got their lucky year. Well, but it's not even a lucky year. They got a lucky series. And that's literally what the Indians are trying for every time they go into the postseason. They're hoping they had that lucky series, and they didn't. And they haven't in the past three series. And listen, every everybody that you talk to about this will point to, like, the Nationals won the championship last year. And look at that. They just went on a run. They weren't the best team. Right. They're right. Every year, one team goes on a run. Every year – one team that maybe isn't the best team goes on a run. The Indians did that in 2016. They were not the best team, but they went on a run. The Nationals last year year. went on a run. But, like, only one team does that. Only one team that you don't expect to go on a run goes on a run. So you're always trying to be that one team. It's not the same team every year. Like Uh, the Miami Heat. Right. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then they all got hurt, and that sucked. Yeah. Well, they, but. They, came, they, got, they got banned back last night. Yeah, that's true. But they're going to – LeBron, be, LeBron better enjoy it this year, guys. LeBron better enjoy it this year. Yeah, well, okay, you made a post. All right, this is the, let's talk about this. The last thing that we're going to talk about. What the fuck are you talking about? You made a post. You? you, like, tagged LeBron in a post on Twitter, and we're like, you better enjoy it this year tag. because, because – the you maybe didn't tag him, whatever. But you were like, you better enjoy it. I just replied to his post. You better enjoy it. You, oh, well, you replied to him. Okay, you better enjoy yeah. it this year, King, because next year you got the healthy Golden State Warriors. What the fuck are you talking? I about? just the I Lakers just said are way better I, than the healthy Warriors. I just said it's going to be rougher. That's all. It's going to be a lot rougher for you next year with a healthy Warriors team. No, that Warriors oh. team. Oh no, no. What do you figure? They're, 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 they ran through. They they had that run, but like the the Lakers are significantly better. the 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 Clippers are better than that Warriors team. Wow, wow! The, the Clippers are better. The bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works for them. They're done. Once Kevin Durant <laughs> came and went, that team is over. That team okay. is over. Yeah, fair enough. They're old news. They had a that Kevin Durant the Kevin Durant leaving thing ruins that team. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to be good. Right. They're going to be fine. They're not going to be like – when they're healthy, they're going to be good. They aren't going to be like that 73-9 and nine team because they they were such a team back then. They were – and like everybody played their roles. Kevin Durant came in. They were wonderful. They were uh, the best team in basketball with Durant. But when he left and you lost – remember, you've also lost a lot of players off of those teams. You've lost a lot of players off of those teams. Iguodala's gone. Iguodala's gone. You've, you've lost uh, – a significant chunk of good playmakers. Sean Livingston gone. Uh, yeah, they're not going to return to form. So, like, if anything, will it be a rough road? Sure, because the West is going to be a rough road, and sure, the Warriors will be okay. But like to act like they're coming for their throne? No, they're not. What are you making faces for? That's okay. All right, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see. Chad's like, I don't need to make that point. Nope. All right, so we got. Uh, again, this upcoming Sunday, Browns, Colts. Uh, it's going to be an awesome game. Three and one teams. 
so keep an eye on that. We should have a little basketball to talk about as the Lakers are one game away from, uh, from winning the NBA championship in the bubble. And uh, um, besides that, uh, you know, hopefully the Browns just keep going on the run. What else do you guys got to talk about before we get out of here? What? Okay. So I brought this up on social media earlier today. So, uh, you know, we talked to Mo Hall and I said, I feel like I said, if you post, if you cast me as the lovable sidekick in a movie, you're like your next rom-com, you know, I will trade it for childcare. Uh, not that I would, you know, go out there and watch kids because I, you know, <laughs> I don't need to watch anymore. Uh, but I was just thinking, what movie role do you guys think you would be best in? Like, I think I would get Oscar buzz if I was cast as like a lovable sidekick or like the, or like the IT guy <laughs> in all those action movies. That's like, get out of there, man. You know, <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like that. Yeah. You know, all of those, all of those lovable sidekicks and IT characters that have won Oscars before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would get Oscar buzz. Oscar buzz. Oscar buzz. That's right. I mean, yeah, I that's win. definitely and your character. Yeah. That's definitely your character. I don't know. I got a weird one. The prophecy guy from Monty Python, the Holy Grail. You would be that? You would I don't know like why. Like... Yeah, I don't know why. Wait. Yeah, I don't know. That, what? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that just came to mind. That was like the first thing that came to mind when you asked Wait, like, which guy are you talking about? The guy that's like in the, the, the hut in like scene 22. <laughs> oh, the 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 one that the one that's like and, uh, and the guy that's at the bridge too. Oh, was it the was that the night you say me me? No, like was no, that no, no, no. some people call me <laughs> Tim? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, it's Tim. And he's like throwing bombs. Yeah, and he's the guy that's at the bridge at the end. That's like, yes. uh, what's your name? What's your quest? What's your favorite color? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is, is the average <laughs> speed of a swallow? <laughs> not an african swallow or a european swallow i don't know gone gone uh so that's oh man man that's good i feel like i have to be some kind of a like because i'm just big and loud and and like very like in your face i'd have to be some kind of like heel character of some sort so i'd have to be like i bet i, I like i'd be cast in like a teen uh, high school movie and I'd be like the bully <laughs> in high school even though that's not me in person like I'm not a bully in person but I can't right. see like you, you certainly cannot cast me as an athlete uh, well maybe a frisbee athlete well potentially a fr- no I'm past those days man I'm past those oh, days shit. I got I give me that. knee injuries uh, uh, let's see you certainly can't cast me as like a, a heartthrob of any sort Oh, come on now. You could be like... Uh, uh, have you have you seen me? <laughs> have you seen me? That's That ain't going to work. You could be so, like an announcer. Like the... Like the oh. Uh, what's his name? What's the, what's the major league guy's announcer? Oh, well, obviously. Bob Uecker? You, you got Bob Harry Uecker. Doyle? But what about like... Maybe not that, but the guy from Angels in the outfield? Okay. Yeah. Uh, or, like Rob, or like Rob Schneider in Unnecessary Roughness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I could play Rob Schneider in any way, shape, or form. Uh, or maybe uh, now that we have Rob guy. Schneider, I was going to say now that we have Rob Schneider pulled up, maybe I could be like the delivery character from Big Daddy. Maybe you that's could be like I a could Leslie be. Nielsen character. You give him all the easy ones. Oscar Buzz. Oscar Buzz. 
Oscar buzz for that. I got you clock radio. A delivery guy. I got you clock radio. (laughs) (laughs) Keep, keep up, (laughs) keep up anonymous. I got you clock radio. I got you clock radio. Got you pressing. Come back, come back. I'll Indian wrestle you. Ooh, I got it. Down, you're going down, sucker. (laughs) I know what I know. What it is. I know what my role is. All right. If you had like a very below average podcast host, boom. Stole. Damn. Oscar buzz. Cold. Oscar buzz. Cold. I mean, that's okay. Fair enough. Okay. You guys were Fair. supposed to pick me up right there. <laughs> you were supposed to lift me up. Oh, shit. Was that our cue? You're good. You're so great. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> great. Guys, I needed money. you right there. I hey, needed Rob you right there, and you both let me down. Hey, Rob Schneider, you can do it. Is happening outside. What is that? I, a car just went ballistic outside of my hotel here. Uh, oh, okay. All right. all right, boys, that's gonna do it for us. An awesome episode again. Browns, Colts this Sunday. Can't wait to talk about it uh, next week. Hopefully, we're talking about. Can you imagine if we were talking about a four and one Browns team? I don't even know what to do. I I don't know what to do. I can't uh, picture. Anyone. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. So we got that coming up. Uh, make sure you, again, go follow us on our social media pages. If you're looking for the show, it's at The Garage Beers on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then you can find us at The Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook. Uh, for Joey over there, Joey is at Garage Beers Joe on Twitter. For Chad at Garage Beers Chad on Twitter. I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers Mike on Twitter. Uh, again, go follow us. Please give us a like, give us a review. And as always, we're always looking for new suggestions for our Garage Beers of the Week. So send us your suggestions. And if we pick one of your beers, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Uh, so for Chad and Joe, I'm Michael Keefe saying uh, have an awesome weekend coming up. And go Browns and cheers, everybody. Cheers.